You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I continue the Draft Day Memory Series with Brian Mitchell. What he told people shortly after being selected by Washington in 1990. How different it was watching the draft compared to now. Why he chose to go to southwestern Louisiana and what it revealed about his mindset. Finally, what stood out to him about Joe Gibbs. B. Mitch is always good. You can listen to him with J.T. Finley on 106.7 The Fan during their midday show. Also, B. Mitch has a children's book coming out in May titled A Champion's Heart. You can read my work on ESPN.com, of course. I will continue airing some of these short episodes on my podcast about draft day memories leading up to the draft. Hope you enjoy them. If you haven't subscribed yet to the show, please do so. And it would help if you gave us a rating wherever you can. Much appreciated. And now, here's my conversation with Brian Mitchell on his draft day memories. All right, B. Mitch, it's been a while since you were drafted. I'm sure you can still remember it. But let's go back to, what, 1990. Yes. What, first of all, what was the NFL draft like at that time? Because people know it now is this big spectacle. What was yeah. it like at that time? It, it wasn't a spectacle then. I think just for me, you know, I just wanted to get drafted. I didn't care how it would be. And I basically was sitting at my apartment with my agent. And, uh, you know, I remember getting that phone call from Don Bro. He was a running back coach of the uh, Washington football team, and he said that we're going to be taking you with our next uh, our next draft. And that's all I can remember and, be, and just caring about because uh, you see it today and you see the guys, you know, at a certain area like in Vegas and all those different things, and everybody thinks that's what it's all about. But for a guy that got drafted in the fifth round in 1990, it wasn't <laughs> about all that, you know. And I think um, if it, even today I would probably be the same person you know, just wanting the opportunity, going to a smaller school and, you know, and you, 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 you go against all these guys from these other schools and they, you know, they basically don't give you a lot of credit. And I just think that for me, it was always looking forward to possibly getting anywhere I can and have an opportunity to compete against somebody and just show them what I was made of. What do you remember about the moment where they called? Did, did, how did you feel? Like, did it, does it, do you, is there relation? Is there just a, okay, let's go. What, what was it like? It was totally elation. You know, uh, I got to tell people all the time, I could have gone to Canada and played quarterback, you know, and could have had a lucrative deal and off the bat and could have went up there. And, and I don't know what could have happened, but my dreams were never to play in Canada. My dreams were playing in the NFL. When you hear someone call you, and I remember my coach, Barry Wilson, he, you know, he was like uh, talking about the teams that I could possibly go to. He said, man, you get on a team like the Redskins, the Washington football team, they are always – you know, in the Super Bowl, always in the playoffs. You know, every five years they're in the Super Bowl. And then Don Bro calls me and said, we're going to draft you. And then they call me and that, that, that draft happened. And at that moment, I'm just – I'm totally elated because I was always a fan of Doug Williams. 
and saw him win the Super Bowl with the team. And now I'm getting that opportunity to go there, you know, just to live out my dream. So I was as happy as anybody I can imagine, you know, getting drafted in the fifth round. I left from my apartment, me and my agent went to this little place called Pete's in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And you would have sworn I was the first pick of the first round because everybody <laughs> there, they were, th- they were thoroughly happy for me. Uh, I had played very well in college and just to get that chance. And they were, you know, just asking the questions about what you're going to do in the, in the pros. And I say, I'm going to make them know who I am. And uh, I guess I did. <laughs> you did. Now, when you went there, are they picking up the tab for you? Oh, yeah. Tabs were picked up. That, that was, a, it was, it was, uh, you know, well, tabs were picked up a lot when I was in college. Just sitting like that. <laughs> <laughs> it helps to score a lot of touchdowns, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. How, so what did you know about Joe Gibbs before, before this draft? Like, I know you said you knew about Doug Williams. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people did, but what did you know about them just in general? Did you watch the NFL? Well, I watched the NFL. I, I, I big time, you know, I grew up as a Cowboys fan. You know, that's the funny thing about it. That's and true. so you knew a lot about them. And, uh, when I when, when when I got like I said prior to getting drafted, Coach Wilson had started talking to me about different teams. He talked to me about Coach Gibb, how, how good he was, the discipline that he had, the way his teams played, and uh, finally getting here and meeting those guys, you can see why they were so good back in the day. You know, I, I don't, you know, I, I I I even on the radio today when I talk about things and you know, I I compare everybody to the way that that team was. Right. Because to me, that team was damn near perfect. You know, guys that didn't look like they were great athletes did everything right. You know, but Coach Gibbs did stuff that people knew he was going to do, but they couldn't stop it. And I, you know, just wanted to get to know him even better when I got here because I've always been the guy who wanted to know the inner workings of football, not just, you know, the big plays and things of that nature. And Coach Gibbs basically taught me a lot about, you know, matchups. You know, uh, uh, making people think one thing, but you're doing you're doing something else. You know, you if you would watch him, he would run the same plays from multiple personnel groupings. You know, he would get to the same formations from those same from those different personnel groupings. And I think just by having different personnel, people thought they were doing something else. When boom, that counter trade came right down in your lap once again. So, with your family after you drafted, what was that like? Because you're you're what the youngest of seven. You know, and you, you know, yeah. And so like, what was, what was that moment? Like, did, did they even know right away? Like when, how did that conversation go? Oh, as soon as it happened, I called him and told him, and uh, I can remember one of my dad's friends like, man, you could quit working now. He said, that's his money. He said, <laughs> he said, that's not what I'm going to do. He said, so, uh, but he said, look, you got your opportunities. You always wanted this. Don't mess it up. You know, make sure you go up there and do everything you are, were told to do. But they were very, very happy for me because, I remember at nine years old telling my dad I wanted to play in the NFL. Hmm. And now you have that opportunity. And I know a lot of people think it's just like cliche saying, you know, how you were crying. And then I was crying like a big baby. You know, I wasn't crying because I was sad. It was just you're so happy. You put so much work into it. Yeah. You finally get there. It was a great feeling. That was going to be my next question. Like what the emotion like, because it is like that you, you climb. But I also remember talking to you one time early in your career. And you, you or at one point you said that, when you got drafted, a lot of people think they've made it. You never yeah, looked yeah. at it like that. Exactly. And I think that's the thing because I Charlie Castley always tells me, and he tells this story to uh, multiple people, that I played better after receiving a contract. It wasn't like I waited until the contract year, like that last year, to try to play for the next contract. And he asked me, why was that? I say, well, Charlie, I say, most people are playing to get a contract. Okay? My thought was always – 
I got the contract. Let's get another one. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and then coming from a smaller school and having to work a little bit harder than the person. Like, if I'm playing in southwestern Louisiana, you never see me on TV. So I have to do something outstanding for any uh, uh, scout to want to come to Lafayette, Louisiana, and see who I am. But, hell, Notre Dame is on TV every day. Anybody <laughs> that plays on that team can be seen. So it was just that I always, like I told Ricky Irvis, he asked me, Southwest Louisiana, where does that? I said, you'll find out when we get on the football field. Because <laughs> in, my mind, in my mind, the way I work and the way I was I was uh, raised by my mom and dad to, to leave no stones unturned, it's the same way I came into the NFL. And I think that's why I was successful because I was never happy or satisfied where I was. And then when you get here and you have guys like Daryl Green and Art Monk and Ernest Biner and, and Jeff Bossig and Lachey and all these guys who's been here, but after practice, they're running, they're running gases. They're working harder than the rookies. And they set a great example for me. And I think that is why so many people here were able to just constantly get it done. Absolutely. And then again, when just about two more minutes here, but when you're walking down the street after you're drafted, are you puffing out your chest a little bit more? Do you want to just tell everybody, Hey, I was drafted. I mean, you know, or do you just like, is how hard is that to conceal inside? Or I guess maybe people just knew because they knew you, you know, it's not hard. It's hard to conceal inside, but ultimately I was already walking around with my my chest poked out before. (laughs) I I figured that. I just think that um, I can recall in the ninth grade, my teacher, Miss Carolyn Brown, actually I wrote this little children's book and I put her name in it, yeah. her and her sister. And she said, you got that little conceited, cocky attitude. I said, I'm not conceited or cocky, Miss Brown. I said, I'm convinced. <laughs> and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not the best, but I'm one of them. And on any given day, I can be the best. I said, because I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to let you outwork me. And that's the way I felt when I, when I was in college, you know, my numbers and things I was putting up, I could compare them to anybody from any other school. But I understood that at a smaller school, uh, I wasn't going to get that same level of, rep, uh, of respect. But once I got to the NFL, we're on the same playing field. Now I can find out where you just show, are you really, really about that life? So last thing, how often do you look back on that day? I look back at it a lot, you know, uh, because the thing about, you know, you get asked a question so many times, if you could do it all over again, would you? And I, I tell people no, because... I my dad told me when I was coming out of college, and I remember I remember uh, I was getting letters from Nebraska and Arkansas and Oklahoma and all these places, and but they all told me they were gonna redshirt me. And he said, "What does redshirt mean?" I said, "Well, you know, you go to school, they're gonna just let you sit around for a year. They're gonna try to build you up." I said, "Basically, Dad, what they're doing, they're keeping you there for one extra year." Right. And he said, "Well, you want to play?" I said, "Yeah. If I go to a school and I'm the best, I want to play immediately." So he said, well, you know what? You can go to one of those schools and just fall into somebody else's legacy, or you can go somewhere else and make your own legacy. And I went to southwestern Louisiana. I was still drafted. I played 14 years. So I look back to that day as as a, a young dude who was in a difficult situation, but I made the choice that I thought was best for me. If I'm on the football field playing, I can show you what I'm about. But if I'm sitting in Oklahoma, I was just looking at Alvin Kamara today, talking about when he went to Alabama at first, all those different players. He said, man, he used to be the pit bull around a bunch of chihuahuas. Now he's a pit bull around a bunch of other pit bulls, <laughs> and those pit bulls are bigger than he is. You know, and I think that's the ultimate thing. Just get the opportunity to get on the football field and show what you're about. And I, I made the right decision, and the rest is history. You know, I, 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 I truly, truly think that the way I did it, 
is the way I was supposed to, you know, road not taken. Very good. B Mitch, you're the best. Thanks a lot, man. Hi, John. Take care, buddy. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with another one Thursday talking to new Washington football team corner William Jackson III. Talk to you next time.